0: And thank you for tuning in to the Business and Wealth Show with your host Mac Catrum. Let's go. Hey, thank you for tuning in. Today I'm with Stacy Gray and Stacy, what we love about Stacy is she helps mission-driven leaders not to be stuck to, stuck in the operational chaos of their business, but actually set up the right systems to scale and have a, the lifestyle they really want, the reason why they started their business in the first place. Stacy, welcome, welcome, welcome to the Business and Wealth Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Good to be here.
0: You're most welcome. Stacey's uh, in with us all the way from Austin, Texas, so which is fantastic. Hey, Stacy, tell people what you do now as a business owner, and then we want to go back into history a little bit.
1: Yeah, so I, so many entrepreneurs set out to build businesses to create freedom, and then they end up trapped in those very businesses designed to create their freedom. So, what we do is we help them organize their businesses to scale by architecting their business first, creating a business blueprint, a business playbook about what they want their business to do for them from a lifestyle perspective, from a financial perspective, from a give back, influence, impact perspective. And then we build the essential infrastructure to help them implement those day-to-day operations. And then we help them plug in the right people into the right seats to pull the levers and do all the day-to-day so they're not stuck in the weeds and they can stay in that more visionary, outreach, exciting, talking to people, innovating, creative process that most entrepreneurs, when they start, they're passionate about.
0: Oh, there you go. So you've, if you've started your business and you found yourself in the weeds and you can't see the wood for the trees and you're not enjoying it or you're not really where you want to be, listen, listen in, stay tuned all the way to the end because Stacy is here to inspire us, give us some great stories and techniques and tactics to do that. So listen, Stacy, tell us about your entrepreneurial background. What were you do? How did you get started as an entrepreneur? What happened? What are the circumstances?
1: Yes. So I um, did independent studies growing up, and I graduated from high school at 16. And my father did not want me to go off to college because I was so young. And so he said he had a, a successful business teaching people how to invest in real estate. He has a podcast. And so I started answering the phones at that business when taking registrations, filling out credit card information, And he said, do it for two years. And then if you're 18 and you don't like it, you can go off to college. Well, I started doing that and I bought my first property at 18.
0: Congratulations. Good job.
1: Thank you. Um, And then I proceeded to make a lot of money, lose a lot of money, um, get a lot of life experience. And that kind of launched the entrepreneurial journey. The part that I think is really critical in the story is that when about three, six months into answering the phones at that very first uh, job, if you will, that I had, I went to my dad and I said, I don't like this. I don't want to answer phone calls anymore. And he handed me a copy of E-Myth by Michael Gerber. Okay. Have you read it?
0: Oh, yeah. Great book.
1: (laughs) So he hands that to me and says, here, read this and you don't have to answer the phones anymore, but you have to hire and train your replacement. Mm -hmm. So I read that book and realized, okay, I've got to create processes and manuals and standard operating procedures. And so I had this whole registration coordinator handbook manual, and then I went to recruit and hire the person that was going to take that role. Then I quickly realized that, you also need to become a leader and a manager and be able to solicit the best out of the people around you. And on my journey, I've done that in amazing ways. And I've done that in terrible ways because as a leader, we get in ourselves in stressful situations Mm -hmm. and we have to manage our own psychology and our own emotions so we can be the best leader that we need to be. So that journey from the entrepreneurial journey really started when I was 16 and that's over 20 years ago. And so I've been perfecting it, learning how to make it better, implementing it for other entrepreneurs and visionaries, making a lot of great decisions, a lot of terrible decisions and learning from them, and just iterating, which is essentially the entrepreneurial journey.
0: Oh, absolutely. I'm glad you said that was 20 years ago because people will be sitting there thinking uh, that was probably too <laughs> two you so young, right?
1: <laughs> yes, tw- over 20 years ago. So over 20
0: years ago. Yes. Listen, let me ask you this. was was your father doing you a great service or a disservice when he put you in that role and say go and go and figure it out
1: I will say from my perspective I was really grateful so one of my highest values is resourcefulness Mm. I love surrounding myself with people who are resourceful I value resourcefulness in myself Mm. I believe that most problems are figure outable. we can solve them. And if we really p- ask ourselves the right questions and ask the people around us great questions, we can solicit the information and resources we need to get to the next level. So him doing that for me really created an innate skill set within me of resourcefulness, which has served me. Um, I could see maybe some people not appreciating that, but from my experience, for me, it was great.
0: Yeah, the reason why I ask that, you know, at that age, some people take it. Oh, my, my father, why did he do that? And they'll take that message the wrong way. Whereas, and I, I believe your father's pretty successful. You know, he's got he's learned ways the hard way in business, and um, so he's so I would take that as a service to say, okay, I'm setting you up because he's got a choice, that I suppose to spoon feed you or say actually like you said, Stacey, become resourceful. And Mm -hmm. I presume now you've taken that through your over two decades of entrepreneurialism Mm -hmm. and succeeded in that, right?
1: Yes. Yeah. I do think that when we allow people, give people the opportunity to solve their own problems Mm. or give them the opportunity to be in environments where they can gain the insights they need to apply in their life to solve their problems, we are empowering them to be a hero in their own journey. When we take that from them and do for them what they should and can do for themselves, we're robbing them of that experience. And when we do that, we actually kill confidence. And when we kill confidence, that breeds inaction. And then it's a spiral down to the bottom, the way to preserve and protect confidence within ourselves as leaders and the people around us is to put ourselves in environments that stretch us a little bit, and then get the support and resources we need around us to get over the hurdle. And when we do that, and we stack those wins, we generate positive momentum. And when we have positive momentum, confidence grows because we're winning more. And then we keep doing it. It's a snowball effect. And momentum, I guess, but works both ways. It could be positive momentum or negative momentum so sure. the the journey and the mission is to generate as much positive momentum as you can and that's through taking action and also expect accepting and expecting that there's going to be mistakes and errors along the way because that's human nature it's business is messy even if you have all the systems because you're dealing with people and sometimes things go sideways but you're learning how to navigate it and make sure that you're not continually making the same types of mistakes over and over.
0: Over and over. Exactly. The way to learn. Now, outside of real estate, I presume you you had a real estate or you were involved in real estate. Um, what businesses have you been in? Is it just real estate, then you went into education, or was there other things in between?
1: So most of the businesses have been in related to the real estate industry and or marketing. So right. content marketing, education marketing. Those those two angles, so real estate uh investing, raising capital for real estate, real estate development, property management, construction, all of the peripheral things related to real estate. And then what organized to scale does is, is a really a service-based business. We provide services to entrepreneurs. And so that business is really industry agnostic. It just provides the infrastructure and systems that are universal to the entrepreneurial journey.
0: Awesome. Awesome. What would you say, who would you say rather has been your biggest influence or I, I want to use the word mentor, who has influenced you the most as an, as an investor, as an entrepreneur for you to create the kind of results or the successes that you've created?
1: That's a great question. I am an avid reader. Mm. And I study, study, study. Uh, this is probably only an eighth of my bookshelf behind me here. Okay. And I love to read. I've been doing that a while. So I, I don't know if I can pinpoint one person, mm. but I b- do believe that there have been a lot of influences in me, around me that have encouraged me to fall in love with learning. And those influences, I think, has been the greatest impact because by falling in love with learning, that creates a lot of curiosity. And so when you have these crossroads in your life, you have a choice to just stay playing small or to figure out a new way of doing it. And that cu- curiosity of let me go read a book, let me go listen to a podcast, let me go now ask chat GPT or AI, how do you do this? And then and, yeah. and check it and make sure it actually resonates in the real world. Um, so that has influenced me a lot. And I guess if I could take that all the way back, I was doing independent studies growing up and my mother used to tell me when I'd ask for help with a certain problem in my homework at a very young age, go spend 30 minutes or 60 minutes figuring it out on your own. If you can't figure it out, come back and I'll help you. Well, within 30 to 60 minutes, I had figured it out and I didn't need help. So (laughs) that, that kind, that influence um, really came from my childhood. So uh, as uh, you know parents, you know the ability to do that for our kids or those people around us can be really really powerful in the long run.
0: Awesome, awesome, awesome Well that's, that's, that's great. Listen, how does one I want to talk about systems and why it's important to systemize elements of your business. Why is it so important for the entrepreneur to systemize?
1: Uh, Craig Valentine said, it has a saying that is structure equals freedom. Mm. And I have found that to be very true in my life. If we, if I have an undisciplined or unstructured life, I don't feel very free within myself because okay. there's chaos around me. There's, um, you know, just wild things happening. But when there is structure in, in business, when there are systems, you can, you can, create predictable results, and then you leave room for the variables. So the more systems you have within your organization, the more you have a a solid floor, if you will, and then you're able to experiment with different campaigns, different product offerings, Mm. different ideas, and it not risk the stability of what you're building it upon.
0: Thank you for that. So what about those people who say, actually, focusing on systems... It's actually kills
1: creativity.
0: Mm. Yes.
1: Yeah. So it's interesting. I am a part of the entrepreneurs organization, if you're familiar with it. And Mm -hmm. yesterday I was at our our meeting and we were talking about facilitating a meeting that was how to ideate. And there's actually systems that you can implement to help you ideate. Oh, wow. And that creates a more of a disciplined structure to even the creative process. Because when we unplug from being in the business and working on the business, we're moving into more of that thinking five moves ahead, which is where the creativity comes from. And that's the job of a visionary leader and entrepreneur is to steer the ship. And so as you're plotting your five moves ahead, it hasn't been done yet. So you are ideating and creating it. And that is the role of the visionary. So thinking through those things is part of the system and the structure, yet it's also a very free-flowing part of the process. And it's not, you don't have little yellow feet for the creative process, but you have containers for the creative process, which is structure and systems.
0: Awesome. Listen, why do more... Why do a lot of small businesses, why don't they focus on systemizing their business so they can have that freedom that they're looking for?
1: I, I honestly think it's, it's two things. One is there's probably, if they're early, they're still figuring out what they're even trying to systematize.
0: Mm. So they're
1: figuring out their business model. They're figuring out their offerings. They're working through some of the initial pre-launch and launch mm. iteration process. And then the second reason that I think a lot of folks can be resistant to implementing systems is they're just drowning. They're overwhelmed in everything that's already happening that they don't even see the ability or the path to stabilize what's happening, elevate to create the systems, and then to plug them in and the people in. So I think in some ways it's it's an emotional feeling of overwhelm, Or a psychological block that is saying, I don't know enough to create systems yet. So once we um, are able to identify both of those and then implement the architect phase, which is where, where you ideate, where you draw it all out, where you set time to be on the business, not in the business, then there is a transformational process that happens with those entrepreneurs that is like, ah, now that I'm not in the woods, I can see it. And now I understand how it could help me not get back stuck in my business.
0: Can you, uh, thank you, by the way, it's really a lot, a lot of it makes a lot of sense. Can you give us a story or two, if you wish, about someone who was resistant to systemizing, then actually saying, hey, Stacey, I'm going to this and I'm going to, I'm going to do what you're saying. They do it. And now they are having the kind of lifestyle they want or the headache is gone. The chaos is gone. um, And, you know, how did they attack it? Which area did they look at first? You know, I know case by case is probably different any stories around. uh, Sure. Yeah.
1: There's quite a few, um, but a lot of entrepreneurs, by the time they come to me, they've already realized I need systems (laughs) in order to scale. So, If they come and they're not quite ready for it, I'm like, keep doing what you're doing. And here's a few tips that might be able to help you. And then usually they come back and it's like, I implemented a few of those. That was really helpful. I need more. And then we proceed with implementing the systems and then they get their freedom back and they're able to work four hours a week or 20 Mm -hmm. hours a week or whatever it is that it looks like for them and in their sweet spot. So we all have a sweet spot that is really energizing to us. We're excited about it. We're passionate about it. Things within our business that we enjoy doing. Your mm-hmm. Yours is probably content creator and visionary. You like thinking five moves ahead. You love talking to people. You like being on stages. It's stages. Exactly. It's it's a classic visionary. Mm-hmm. We When we start businesses, we love that side of it. And then all of the passion is sucked out of us when we're in the day-to-day operational side. So if any of your listeners feel like the passion for what they're doing is sucked out of it, they're probably lacking the systems and the structure operationally. And they need to put those in place in order to get that level of freedom. So, but back to the story. So we had one entrepreneur come who um, was very trapped in their business. They had just reached a... multi multi uh seven figure and they were struggling to get to that next level
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: they thought well maybe i'll just cap it and we'll just stay here and then we were able to get them to adopt the systems implement them and they 10x in two and a half years so it was such a, a fulfilling experience for them to be able to see the systems immediately generate the operational structure they needed so they could put their foot on the gas pedal in terms of sales and marketing and not implode under the pressure operationally
0: awesome you know a a lot of questions i get asked um, is if i'm going to systemize my business where should i start now the reason i'm asking you that do you have three steps do you have five steps do you have something you can share with us hey you want to start here then do this then do this i don't know so if you, if you're going to advise someone or give us some inspirational tips, what are three steps or five steps or six steps that you would say, Hey, this is what I would do.
1: Yes. So when, uh, ever I see an entrepreneur and I've even done this for myself and I'm continued to do it for myself because the, the journey of entrepreneurship is you hit a certain level and then you push and you push to that next level. And so That journey is almost feels like that startup phase again, because you're pushing Mm -hmm. and you're having to systematize and organize this. So this process, this three step process I'm going to lay out for you right now is not just at step one, but it's every time you do that push, you're continually doing it. It's step one is architect. So if we think of you're building your dream home. You would go to a design team and work out the blueprint. Okay, where's the home going to be? Where's the sun rising? Where's the sun setting? Where do I want the porch? What do I want it to look like? And you create a blueprint. Mm -hmm. And there's a flow for what that house is going to look like, what it's going to feel like, what the finishes are going to be. It's not done. It's not set up. It's not created. Nobody's running off to the website to buy, you know, faucets and sinks. All we're doing is architecting it. And that's step one is we architect. We figure out what the blueprint is for the business, what the workflows are, what the assembly line should look like, what the execution should look like. And every time that you add new product offerings or add new business units or add new departments or divisions, you're continuing to architect. It's just like you're adding on to your house. You don't just go and add on to your house you go and get go to the city get the permits make sure you have it correct all yep. of that we do that first mm. then we the step 2 is build that's where you build the infrastructure so you have to lay the foundation if we started running around and just putting up pillars and planting plants and all of that without laying the foundation and building the structure it's going to look like a hodgepodge mess right. and yet yeah, this is what we do in business all the time. We're like, oh, I need a website. Oh, I need a book. Oh, I need a logo. And we just run around playing whack-a-mole in our business and getting the thing, the little things done. And then it's not cohesive. It's not congruent. And, and there's turnover and people don't know. The right hand doesn't know what the left hand is doing. So step two is build. You get that infrastructure built. And then there's manuals. How do you do the electricity how do you do plumbing how do you do hosting parties how do you clean the pool how do you do landscaping then there's processes that are created for how to do those functions and then once those processes are created and uh, standard operating procedures are set up and checklists are done it's handed to people so think tenants and property manager who get plugged in who make sure the house and the people living in it are doing and performing with what they need to do, paying their rent on time, taking care of the landscape, et cetera. So cool. that is our three-step process for organizing businesses to scale. And also, every time you up-level, you go through architect, build, operate, so that it doesn't implode as you put on more of the pressure as you scale.
0: Wow. Architect, build, operate. You know what have been architect build and something c you know a b c i know but but o is good yes i know
1: i can't in real estate that sounds very normal but it could be all the different acronyms
0: yeah no i get you but i love it i love i love the simplicity that people Mm -hmm. say okay look focus on architect first of all the blueprint what is it you're trying to create then yeah so i let me tell let me ask you this, Stacey, what was the what has been the biggest challenge for you as an entrepreneur on your entrepreneurial journey? Because I know every entrepreneur I've met, it hasn't been plain sailing. Mm-hmm. It's been a challenge somewhere and, you know, and, and it will continue. But what's been the biggest for you?
1: Yes. I 100% agree. It's challenging. The journey is challenging and it's, there's every, every time you think you reach that level 10, you're at one of that next level of growth. So it's just continually an iteration of growth and figuring it out. Are you familiar with the terms visionary and integrator?
0: Visionary? Yes. Integrator? Not so much.
1: Okay. So there's a a book called Traction by Gina Wickman. Okay. There's another book called Rocket Fuel, which really describes the visionary integrator relationship. But essentially, if you think of Steve Jobs and Steve Wozniak, or you think of Walt Disney and his brother Roy, you had somebody that had this amazing idea of what needed to be done. And then you had the person who actually converted the idea to reality.
0: Warren Buffett, Charlie Munger.
1: Yes, exactly. Okay. So what we do in business is those two roles are really in conflict with each other. It's a healthy Mm -hmm. tension thing because the visionary is outwardly focused. They're ideating, they're creative, they're usually unstructured, undisciplined, not not in a humanity perspective, but in in their processes, in their mind, they're like, Well, I could have the roller coaster over here and then we could actually have a Disney World in Florida and we could do that. They're constantly thinking in this like fluid thing and they see how it's all intertwined and they can see the front of the puzzle box. But they cannot see how when you dump out all the pieces of the puzzle box, they can't see how to put it all together. It's overwhelming. They're like, I'm out. Mm. That's where the integrator comes in. And the integrator says, oh, I can, I understand this piece needs to be the corner. This piece needs to be the corner. This is what the center looks like. This scope and sequence of how we're going to get the vision built. And they are, the integrator is more logical, more tactically focused, more team oriented, more, more processes and procedures. Right. So back to your question of what has been my struggle, I have been a very successful integrator for years. Mm -hmm. um, And then I decided I was going to transition into the visionary role and just do podcasts and speaking and the more creative side of it. Mm -hmm. Sitting in both of those roles at the same time is very challenging and I attempted to do it and I did what every visionary who attempts to do it does, which is disrupt all operations and zigzag the team around because you're like, oh, well, we could do this or we could do that. And so for me, the challenge was really getting out of that integrator seat and only being in the visionary seat and that that letting go of my need to be in the weeds and in the tactical and in wow. the know of everything that was happening and elevating to be more a data-driven decision-making CEO instead of an intuitive in the weeds CEO.
0: Got it, that's that's well put, visionary integrator. That's a very, I mean, you explained that very, very well. i will have to check out the book, Traction, so fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. I've yeah. learned something today as well. Thank you, Stacey. Yeah. <laughs> And listen, thank you. For those people who want to connect with you, what is the best way for them to connect with you, maybe learn from you, study from you, talk to you?
1: Yeah, we have a couple of um, free resources, uh, a report that I wrote about our process of architect, build, operate and what that looks like. So folks want to send an email to scale at organized to scale So scale at organized to scale.com they can get access to that and get connected with me through email and social media and uh, learn insights that can help them organize their businesses to scale
0: fantastic so you're listening to the business and wealth show with stacy gray and the business coach mac atram so remember like follow subscribe depending on which channel you're on right now and also make some comments what did you just learn from stacy what did you learn from this discussion what are what moments of inspiration have you had? Make some comments. Let us see it. And um, so we can continue to bring you more awesome experts, just like St- Stacy. Now, before we start wrapping up, Stacy, any final words you want to share with our listeners uh, around scaling business system, uh, systemizing businesses? Uh, any final words for us?
1: Yes, I will say this. Um, And I have scaled several businesses. I've worked with 30 plus different visionary entrepreneurs one-on-one building their businesses. And the thing, you can have all the right systems, all the right team, all the right, everything in place. But if we aren't the type of leaders that we need to be, our businesses won't scale. Mm -hmm. And so the, the biggest lesson I think that entrepreneurial visionaries can learn is how to be a leader, but also more specifically how to nurture and protect our own confidence. Because when we are nurturing and protecting our own confidence, we're taking more aligned, decisive action that is really beneficial to the ecosystem of what we're working to build. And that matters more than any tool, technology, or anything out there. It's kind of like dieting. Most diets work if the person who's implementing the diet does the diet. The Uh same is true in business. So the more we work on ourselves and become that type of leader and protect our confidence, the more our businesses typically scale.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I love that answer. Stacey, I want to say thank you. Thank you for jumping onto the Business and Wealth show with us and sharing so many golden nuggets. So much information. I really appreciate it. And I'm going to wish you a blessed rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. And until we speak again, bye for now. Take care.